0: Hello, everybody, and a welcome with myself, Adam Strong. Listen, here we go. All right, ladies and gents. So before I bring on stage my, my my good friend, who's actually, believe it or not, and I talked about this before, right, Clubhouse, right? So I'm a big big fan of Clubhouse. I actually met this gentleman on Clubhouse, believe it or not. And if it wasn't for Clubhouse, I would have never met him. But one thing that I learned about him is that I love his no bullshit just life and business really and he's just a really down-to-earth human being but he's also a really humbling human being you know and 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 i love that about him is is great um his name is uh glenn flashman his name is is also or aka the tattoo tycoon now you're probably thinking, "What a name, Tattoo Tycoon! I want that." And the reason why is that is because I believe it's seventy percent he's covered in, in 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 tattoos, or it might be more than that. He's probably going to correct me when we when he comes on in a second. He's the UK CEO of the year, by the way. He's got a huge amount of business experience. By the way, I just want to let you know um, it's twenty plus years, I believe, and he's got a lot of great experience in the retail industry, in particular. And he's created an amazing methodology as well, which we'll talk about in terms of retail and stuff like that. So put your hands together for Mr. Glenn Fleshman. (laughs) Wow, what an intro. (laughs) How's that, mate? I'm
1: good. How are you, buddy? Uh, Sorry about the technical hitches that we had with uh, Safari and other stuff, but it's all sorted. We're here.
0: It's all good. So by the way, I love your hat. Have you not got one of these? No, mate, I haven't. I love that tycoon, and it's orange. Is it orange and black?
1: Yeah, we've got like. Hold on, we've got loads of these different ones. We've got. do You know what? I'll I'll send you one. We've got gold, orange, and they they're different for our different of our mentor programs. So.
0: Love it, love it, love it! I, I actually I prefer the gold one because it's kind of more branded towards me, and and then anyway, everyone deserves to be a gold a gold person. You know. You yeah, know what? The so- funny enough.
1: The gold ones are only for influencers. So I should definitely have to send them.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, interestingly enough. Listen, mate, um, great to uh, share a bit of time with you on here. I know, uh, I know you're an extremely busy individual, especially this week and everything. Um, and we've been missing you on Clubhouse this week, by the way. And uh, <laughs> me, me and me and our good friend Rory Atkinson over in South Africa, we always talk about you. And we're like, oh, where's Glenn when you need him? Anyway, it's no. we've had some great conversations. Anyway, but listen, um, I know that you've got um, a lot of experience, business-wise, in particular, and uh, you've uh, um, been in uh, the nightclub industry. You're in. Uh, retail now uh you've been i think it's in beauty salons or hairdressing yep. yeah yep. which is kind of more retail as well which is really interesting but i'd love to um sort of get into the gist of this because um you've also had a huge amount of i wouldn't say well i couldn't say ups and downs we can say failures. We
1: call it- failures are good
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna call it business failure or, or 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 uh you you can call it whatever you want you can call it fuck up if you want it's entirely up to you what you want to call it but anyway um but listen i'd love to talk about some of those business failures of yours and that kind of stuff and how you um you know and how you kind of got into that type of thing oh by the way we got look who's just come online a good buddy, Frank. <laughs>
1: I think I've, I've got a call with Frank. I think it's next week. So uh, if it's in his diary, Frank will have it for sure.
0: Wicked, definitely. But listen, let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's talk a little bit about some 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 of some of the. Um, I suppose not just the snake mistakes, but I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the things that you discovered on your journey. Um, you know, whether it be a good thing, a bad thing you know maybe give us some examples of of some of those uh, mess ups or whatever it is uh what's your, what's your thoughts on that Glenn?
1: i think you know i mean i'm i'm completely different person than i was probably when in, in my early 20s when i started this journey um so i'm i'm 49 this year um and you know the the the, the driver of business is is hugely different uh my my take on on how to to be successful is is also massively different. Um, and it's quite funny being, you know, 30 years in and um, you see the youngsters doing exactly the same shit as I did, really. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's trying to, you know, so sort of let like, say, look, you know, I've walked the walk, I've got that, that t-shirt you're wearing, I've got that with bells on. Um, and, I, and I tell you now, if you carry on that way, yes, you'll have success but you'll get to my age and regret some of it. And you'll also, it'll cost you a lot of money. So I think my take is is a lot, lot, uh, lot, lot different. And I think the the biggest thing from that was that, you know, in my early twenties, I thought I could do everything myself. I thought I could dominate the world. And it was a case of if there's a problem, I'm either going to go around it, over it or through it. Um, And I don't think I'm that person anymore. There's still a little bit of me that, you know, if you, if you uh if you go to my loins a little bit, I do come out fighting. But um, I think it's a case of now I play the long game a lot more, mm. which is before that was always seen as probably a sign of failure a little bit. Um, and now, realistically, it's, it's collaboration. Um, it's a word that I didn't know probably until my mid-30s, I would say, or, or truly understood the word collaboration and the power of it um so yeah that's the big thing that i'm trying to push forward now i suppose in terms of the businesses that we create the businesses that we buy the groups that we make and then the groups that we sell off it's all about that collaborative um effort um and then again in terms of the the empire that we're trying to build um and some would say we have but i i'm not there yet is trying to make that collaborative message really congruent with inside the organization um and i think if you don't understand that you're going to make a lot of fuck ups. So yeah, I think <laughs> mindset a little bit is is uh, is the biggest key. Is the, is the change um, yeah. is is that being um, collaborative to any approach is way way better.
0: Do you think that um, <clears throat> you mentioned back in your twenties, um, you know, a very different you were a different person where you are where you are now. Do you feel that it was also an element of arrogance? well on your part of kind of thinking oh you know I don't need this I can do everything myself type what, what's your thought what will take on that
1: I think a lot of it was was uh was nurtured so just briefly my background is I, I left school at, at fairly young at 15 mm-hmm. I didn't really care for GCSEs or O-levels um purely because I knew from 10 I was joining the army so right. school was a bit of a marking time before I knew I was going to go and serve with the British Army. Um, so mm-hmm. I then joined uh, an elite regiment. Or I joined the parachute regiment, so top 2% of the British Army. Um, I excelled and I was very good at what I did with inside that environment. So after a while, you know, you're being told that you're the best of the best, and that does give you a kind of a full sense of purpose, I guess, in some ways. Mm-hmm. I then I then left the Army, and I kind of got a job literally, again, through a brother of, of my commanding officer that was in the city. And um, I became a junior management consultant. So mm. I kind of, I had four or five years of learning the ropes of, of management consultancy. And it was at the time of the dot-com boom. And I was the young, you know, buck in the office that was really aggressive and, and wanted to make a change and a difference and a name for himself. So they threw me all the, the dot-com investments to look at. Um, and again, after a while, you know, I, I was probably 25, 26 years old. I was on, um, I was on the Money Channel. If you remember the Money Channel, a lot as their dot com guy. Um, you know, I was I, I, literally everyone sort of basically telling me that I was had this Midas touch of turning dot coms into profit. Mm. So a lot of it is is a nurture of you know. I you know now you now know me as the no bullshit guy and the no ego guy, but fuck me, I had a massive ego then. I really did, because everyone was feeding it, you know, that was the thing. And so it was the case that then that created that, you know, our collaboration, I can do this myself, I don't need anyone. Um Mm -hmm. and then the first bankruptcy happened, and that definitely pulled that rug from under underneath me. And you then go, okay this hurts this hurts a lot um let's see what was that
0: business what was that business glenn
1: so um recruitment i had a a, quite a good recruitment company um i didn't understand cash flows as well as i did now i didn't understand investment banks not paying in 30 days because you know i'm glenn flashman of course they're going to pay me in 30 days um (laughs) Yeah. And 30 days very quickly becomes 180 days, and we're paying out contractors weekly at 2,000 pounds a week, and we had over 100 contractors. You do the wow. math. You know, it's a, it was a huge loss. Um And I, you know, literally, I remember that um I just bought—I think my first Porsche 911. I would bought a house the year before, nearly a million-pound house. Um, Business was doing really well; it was all going good. And then three months before, we went pop you know i remortgaged the house and the, the house was on the line and everything else and literally the official receivers were called on the friday saturday morning i'm in my single bed back at mom and dad's house
0: you oh know? my goodness me was and, it that
1: quick jesus oh, it was really quick yeah yeah we it was really really quick and we tried as best we could to you know make sure the staff were okay and yeah but it was just one of those things um and you know You know, asking my dad at the time for £300 to buy a a Fiesta 1.1L to get around him, (laughs) you know, it it was a big deal. And you kind of think, shit, actually, I'm not, you know, I don't have this letter S on my chest. You know, I do have a vulnerability and it kind of, you know, it made me change and look at things very, very differently.
0: How did that make you feel, you know, having to start again? Um, it, that wasn't,
1: a, well, I mean, I suppose realistically, honestly, how it made me feel then at the time. And I remember, I remember the feeling very, very clear. Um, the ego was still there. Fuck it. I'll prove them all wrong, you know, and, and <laughs> get away of, of just going out there and doing it again. Um, but the, but it was tinged with a little bit of, you know, this is, this is tough. If it, this happens again, then it's a, uh, it's not a great, not a great thing. And, and lo and behold, four years later, it happened again. Mm. Did, so,
0: did you, uh, yeah. did, did you, I, I suppose your parents in particular and people around you, did they ever s- sort of cast doubt on your ability to be able to manage a business and have success all the time? Yeah, or? Everyone,
1: everyone did that. My, 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 parents were my biggest critics, you know, and my friend group and, um, uh, my first wife at the time, you know, she she they were the they're the ones saying, "What what are you doing? Just stop!" I'm like, mm-hmm. "No," <laughs> and you know that that wasn't. I've always had a self belief, and I've always had a belief in other people, which I now think through some of the mentoring I do is that you know I don't do what I call mindset um, because I have a very unique way of dealing with mindset. Um, and I think that that comes out of um, serving with the British forces over, overseas um, in a in a war environment. So when we talk about fear, it's yeah. completely different fear than most people are talking about. And unfortunately, I've experienced that. Um, and it's also about the self belief part of it that you you know you I, I, genuinely I believe that anybody if they wanted to be an astronaut, they can be an astronaut. Um, if I wanted to be a basketball player, physically I'm not tall enough. So I can't be a basketball player. I'd be a yep. damn close good second if that's what I wanted to do. Sure. But that's the thing that I think that the generations that, that we're now seeing coming through, they have this limiting belief about themselves. And I don't know what's caused that. Because it was never that in God, I'm so like my dad. It's never that in my day. Um, you know, you, you just got on with it. Uh, and you just ground it out a little bit. I think we're a little bit more hardy. I think I think the generation that's now coming up is a little bit more delicate, um, and that has its plus points and it's also its negative points.
0: Do you feel? Um, do you feel like you are still that? What well, I know that you said that you've evolved and changed, but do you still feel like you've got that um, feeling of feeling of invincibility?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I'm invincible at all. I think now what would happen is I pick my battles a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think I said it was also that I have I take everything from a longer term view or a bird's eye view a lot more and look at the whole strategic l- outlay mm-hmm. um, you know one of the things that I'm known for is scale and, and unless I can really scale a business, I'm probably not going to bother with it um that really has a, a a real big thing it has to be able to scale. Mm,
0: that makes sense. Cool. Very good. Um so you've done recruitment. You've gone yeah. into badly. Can Ad- I just
1: it? say done recruitment badly?
0: <laughs> yeah, recruitment badly. What was the second what was the second uh one you did? Recruitment. Oh, oh recruitment am- again. Oh fuck yeah. it Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. i won't the- recruitment again. <laughs> recruitment
1: again different, different reason. Um I went in with a partner. Okay. And um, again, we were doing really, really well. Um, and unfortunately, he was an elder gentleman and got very, very sick. And his his estate decided to pull the funding. And at that point, I was kind of like done with recruitment a little bit. So it was a case of, well, let's just just call this a day. So we called it a day.
0: Fair enough. Cool. Very good. And then obviously you had to declare bankruptcy off the back of that as well, right?
1: I did, yeah. I mean, this is not just uh businesses you know hitting in that this was personal bankruptcy as well because obviously you know when you when you're a bankrupt and you got that uh that painted stain on your name um you have to put up a lot of collateral as you then move forward to to sort of play in the game again
0: yep absolutely 100 um, i suppose that uh, <clears throat> i suppose that casts a, a bit of a black cloud over your head as well do you know what i mean it's kind of mm. i think
1: think it probably does um i think it probably did adam if i'm honest but at the time Mm. again that the arrogancy and the testosterone levels were a lot higher than they are (laughs) today and because it was it was well it was more of that was an excuse it was like well that's this is the reason why because you know um i'll name them anyway it was deutsche bank that screwed us um it was you know well deutsche bank screwed us it wasn't us and so it was, you know, push that onto someone else, and then you just carry on doing what you're doing. In actual fact that doesn't work. So you've got to look internally as well and go, okay, what was what were my failures? What did we do? What did we do wrong? How can we make sure that we wore chests that doesn't happen again? Um, yeah, lots of lots of different things. But at the time, yeah, I mean, the ego does get in the way.
0: Yep, I agreed as well. Um, <clears throat> so, in conclusion, to your bankruptcies and as much as they kind of um <clears throat> hurt in a way was was those bankruptcies and and, and call of business failures do you feel that it was a good thing do you feel like uh, you've learned more from that than if it didn't happen what's your thoughts and what's your take on that
1: this is where you want the you want the soft fluffy answer i know what you're doing <laughs>
0: I, um, I don't do soft and fluffy you know me then
1: I think I'd love to say, yes, it was the right thing to do and everything else. There's still a part of me that is a little bit pissed off by it, I guess, because it would have been very interesting to see where it would have gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Would it have meant that the self-destruct or the destruction button would have been cataclysmic? Probably. (laughs) You know, if we'd have carried on going with – uh, the energy and the ego that was around not just me it was about the whole company we had this this bravado around us it yes. probably would have been a monumental failure mm-hmm. um because there was there were key parts of business that I just didn't follow I just didn't know you know you know I didn't know about invoice discounting or invoice financing <laughs> or I just didn't because I thought well we've got so much money it doesn't matter you know um and that's not good business acumen. So it probably would have cost me more money later on down the line. The failure would have been bigger. So I always kind of think, and to be spiritual over this, which as you know, I'm not, it was maybe God's intervention to try and pull my reins a little bit and just say, slow down, Sonny. Um, And that's what he did. And then when I didn't listen and try to do it for a, a second time, he went, no, 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 really listen this time. Um, but the second bankruptcy wasn't as bad as the first, for sure, because there were lessons definitely learned. Um, but it's still a shit position to be in.
0: Yep, agreed. Uh, interesting. You, you you've kind of used a bit of philosophy there. It's like kind of God's will type of thing. You know, I I, yeah. I, I never saw that coming, but that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, for people that are listening in, and I know that people are going to be listening into the recording as well. Um, <clears throat> For those of them that are going, that have already had business failure, or are maybe on that cusp of business failure or whatever it is, um, any advice for you know, especially with people that carry SARS around with them, and they're like they take too many precautions in order to kind of move forward that holds them back. Any advice there for people in that in that in that uh, situation?
1: I just think, we're just just to elevate yourself to bird's eye view and look down on it. Um, you know, now I mean, I've I've gone through mentors, and there's one guy that who's a, who's my mentor and has been for a, a long time, and we always talk about problem solving and solution finding um, to lot to lots of things. You know, world peace, uh, how to educate people, that type of stuff, uh, all the important things, and we both come to both come to the same conclusion that the easiest way of trying to find a solution to a problem is actually taking the time out. That's the first thing. Some call that meditation. I don't, I've got, I have a thing called a thinking chair and I actually literally sit in my thinking chair and I think with my pad and my paper and whatever comes out, comes out. Um, But a lot of the time, if I have a a problem or I need to find a solution to something good and bad, um is i'll take the time to really kind of project uh an attitude or an air or a thought process of that problem solved and then i go okay so how do we get to this this solved position and so i almost do 180 degrees back and look at myself looking forward of what the solution is and then Mm. i walk back the steps and sometimes i don't have to walk back too far sometimes i have to walk back a lot to get me and then i grab hold of me and i take me into what be the problem solved um and i know that my mentor does that that as well as well we, we kind of come from a okay so this is the end goal this is the this is the solution how have we got there? proposition and that's the same if you're going through the position where look shit. You know, we could be in a real gnarly situation in terms of a bankruptcy or an administrator getting called in. Elevate yourself. Think about, okay, I'm now in a position where my business is bankrupt. What do I now do? And if you can then think about that, um, because a lot of people just bury their head, you know, do the whole ostrich situation. And then when it comes along, you know, for me, forewarned is forearmed. And so if you know that this is going to happen, you can deal with it a lot, lot better than just to be this this shock and surprise and having to deal with things on more of a dynamic situation.
0: That makes complete sense to me. Now, interestingly enough, you've moved. uh, Well, you've been in the retail industry for quite a number of years now and recruitment and retail, two very different industries, I would say, from my perspective. But you've also mastered. You know, I suppose you've mastered a formula um, from the different types of retail industries uh, based on on also duplicated that multiple times over. Um, Tell us the reason why you decided to go into retail. What was the the reason for that?
1: My bloody mentor, yet again. I mean, he he was the one that said to me, you're you're never going to make a fortune in a business while you're in a business. And, of course, everyone thinks that's, oh, me as a worker in the business. In yeah. actual fact, it isn't, it isn't. It's about scale. Um, so, I think the real first time it happened for me after after I'd done the um, the recruitment and was uh, was shit at it, um, <laughs> I, I kind of got, I kind of got into the tattooing industry. Um, so, in actual fact, to correct you, I'm not called the tattoo tycoon because the percentage of of um, of tattoos I have, it's because the number of tattoo studios I own. Um, ah. Someone came along with, uh, oh, you're the tattoo tycoon. Um, And it kind of like, oh, we think we'll we'll take that. Thanks very much. Um, So, and I was in the um, cosmetic laser business for a long time. um, And I sold that business eight years ago now. And um, I made a lot of money, you know, sitting on a beach. I got married again for a second time. And... uh, (laughs) As you, know, you do. Uh, as you do, and and bought the Ferrari, and you know, I thought that's me checked out. And uh, I thought, I'm so unfulfilled and bored. What do I do? So uh I got rid of the Ferrari, I got rid of the sandy shoes, and I got rid of the wife. Um, uh, but it's <laughs> fine because she's still a good friend. And you, you know who she is anyway, so she's she's still Absolutely. a good friend. Um and I decided to buy businesses, so I'd created brands before. And, and understood that very clear business-to-consumer proposition um, in what I would call traditional bricks-and-mortar businesses. And and you know, and anyone that's doing that now or is, is in it and has just started it or is about to go into it, it's fucking hard. It is so hard. And I actually think it's harder to create a bricks-and-mortar business in 2021 than any other year. Um, but you've got so many more eyes on you. That you just become a wash of another brand or another whatever. See, so you've got to find that key differentiator. That's the first thing. Um, and so we bought, the first thing was coffee shops. Like you said, I bought one um, and I kept it as an independent coffee shop. I knew nothing about coffee apart from I liked it. Um, and we were buying at about 1.8% uh, um, of profit and we managed to get to 26 and we sold the group at eight times profit and that's that's kind of like okay well this this actually is a model in terms of how to grow a scalable business is is what people don't do and that is that they go okay i want to i want to create a coffee brand or i want to create a coffee shop so they do the first one they stop Mm. and they will always be tied to that business or so working in that business. Now, even if they remove themselves out of that business and have a manager there, mm. they're still not going to be able to scale or run a business. So I would always say, and you know this, so you know, I, get, I get probably, probably be between one and five offers of businesses to buy and invest in a week. Mm. And I always look at it and go, okay, that's a great business. That's a really great business. Is it a business or is it a lifestyle job? If it if it ticks the box of yes, it's a business, it's can that business scale? And if it can scale more than three times, so either a shop, can we have more than three? I'm interested. If if it can't, I'm not interested at all. So I'm I'm doing a deal at the moment where we had a conversation funny enough yesterday, and uh, we're looking to take a uh, yeah, it'll be a bricks and mortar business. But we're we're looking to launch that over in America, and we're looking at 200 locations within 12 months. Wow! So huge. That, that's how it has to scale realistically now to turn me on, um, because otherwise I'm like, yeah, okay, it's great. But don't get me wrong; every single unit is a great business, but it's a lifestyle business, not a business business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the scalability of the business is is massive. I think I don't think we dream big enough anymore. People just go, I want a business, and they do it, and they go, oh, aren't I great? And you go, yeah, but how many have you done? And funnily enough, as you well know, most people, what they now do is they create a business and then become a coach or a mentor. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how, how, how many of your coffee shops have you done? Oh, just, oh, just the one, and now, now you're going to tell me how to run my business. No, it doesn't work like that. You you know you need to fail, you need to learn, you need to scale, you know, you know how – do you know how to get a business ready to scale Mm. it's tough you know so people i think people now are a lot more um they think they know everything a lot more than even i did i guess in some ways
0: it sounds like you haven't really lost that appetite for um i suppose not not i wouldn't i'm not going to use the word success because it's just too generic but you haven't really lost that appetite of continuing to be hungry do you know what i mean
1: no, I don't think I have, but I think what I've done is i focus focused on what's important, um, of why I'm doing what I do. You know, realistically, mm-hmm. in my early 40s, that was me done. Financially retired for life, that's it, done. And why did I not do that? Why did I not just stay there? It's, you know, I, I had more to do. Um, you know, I've, I've helped over 320 businesses hit a million-pound turnover. Um, I'd like to hit a 1,000 businesses in my lifetime. Um, So that's kind of a little sneaky, unofficial goal, I guess, hitting a billion pounds worth of turnover. Like Um, it. um, And also, there's there's so much opportunity. In the same way, I think it's harder to create a bricks and mortar business in 2021, and probably Mm. 2022 is going to be very tough. Um, I also think the opportunity has never, ever been greater. And I think that... Of all the bad that COVID had, um, now we've coming out of that, um, and the sooner the fucking better, this UK government gets their arse into gear, um, (laughs) then um, the opportunity is vast. It's almost like we've had a reset. Mm. Um, And those guys that have bettered themselves, worked on their businesses, you know, educated themselves, looked at different markets, whether they've, whether they've even looked at Bitcoin over the last six months or year and a half, mm. you know, in that lockdown process. Once they've understood something a bit more, I think it will, it will just do them fantastic uh, dividends moving forward.
0: Yep, very good. Um, last question before we go. Um, mm. And one thing that I think uh, you, you've you begun to master, especially over the, over the years of experience that you've had, And you have brought up a very good point here. Um, And you talked about if you've got, like, an individual business owner that may have had just, like, one coffee shop or whatever it is, they get stuck into what I I call a cycle or a vortex. They get stuck into a business cycle and then they just can't get out of that. They they stay there for months, if not years. Um, But my question is letting go. How have – I mean – how have you made that journey of letting go um help i mean you you've really kind of looked at business as a whole synopsis from looking at systems but how to try to transition yourself out of the business any tips uh for some of our listeners with regards to letting go of the business you know because you know it's really difficult to let go of something which is is essentially especially when you've in the blood sweat and tears into a business right and it becomes like an emotional burden on you it's like an attachment like a baby right and you don't want to let this thing go because if you let go it's like you lose control type of thing what's your take on that
1: you're not going to like my take on this um <laughs> it's fucking horrible um and i've i've had to learn to do it so i remember the real first time it happened i created a tattoo studio And I was the guy that painted the walls and, you know, cleaned the toilets. And I was there on front reception every day, two and a half years later, I'm walking into the studio and no one's talking to me. And I'm like, what the, what's going on here? And I just felt like a complete stranger in my own business. You know, this was the first one that we did. And by that time, I think it was about two years, two and a half years in. So we'd done two more by then. And, I was getting the right arse. Oh, so I was thinking, right, I'm gonna have to call a staff meeting. So I called a staff meeting, and I said, <laughs> right, come on, what what, what have I done? What, what have I done wrong? And they went, why are you here? And I went, because well, it's my bloody business. And I was, they're like, yeah, but you don't tattoo. I'm like, no. And they said, so why why are you here? You know what we do. You trust us to do a really good job. We're winning awards. We're fully booked for six months in advance. Um, we don't break anything. If we need something, we order it. What you do really well, Glenn, is you do all the marketing, you do all the accounts, you do all the business generation, and we make sure when it comes in is that, that we service that. So you have a role, but it's not in the studio. And I went, oh. And, and it was literally <laughs> that moment was like it was almost getting told to get out of my own shop. And it was, a, again, it was a kick in the ego. And I walked away and I thought, actually, if I don't do this, this is going to stifle the business too much um so that's the first thing is is ask the question if you feeling that you know what's it feel like it's horrible but you've got to do it the second there's a three parts to this the second part is i've got a lot of staff clearly um and i've, I've had staff that have been with me for seven years i think my my longest one's been with me um and i do trust them and everything else However, Just remember this one simple thing is that it's not their business. It's your business. And therefore, they're going to break things and they will lie about it. And they're going to steal from you at some point. Now, that might be they might steal a a toilet roll because they haven't got any at home. Or it might be a thousand pounds. If you have the mindset of they're going to steal from me. And every day they don't is a bonus, which is a really cynical way of, of talking. But it's actually it's very, very true because not every single person will do it. And therefore, you're probably going to be more surprised um, when it does happen because it's it's so abnormal. But never think that no one's going to do that to you. And and never think that a client's never going to try and claim something or create a drama or everything else. So. Make sure you have a nice war chest of money to help out with the legal, and you're well insured. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I told you I'd be honest, and it's it's the, it's the honesty. And the Love third it. thing, the third thing is, is that when you get bigger, realize what you're really fucking good at. So I break everything down into thousand pound jobs, hundred pound jobs, and ten pound jobs. I am phenomenal. I'm the world's best at a thousand pounds jobs. I'm fairly okay at some £100 jobs, and I'm god-awful at £10 jobs. So, <laughs> so find staff that are really good that are at that the 10s and the 100s and leave you to do the 1,000s, and then what, guess what happens? It then scales up. So now I don't do 1,000-pound jobs. I do 10,000 and 100,000-pound jobs. So make sure you've got the staff to backfill that. And the last little bonus one here, I said there was three. There's actually a fourth one. Um, get yourself someone, and I have Kate Keys, who's my media director here. Um, Kate does, Kate knows me inside out, and she predicts things that I'm going to react to before it actually happens. And and stuff just runs like butter. So, and I know that if I didn't have Kate, um, my life would be a lot lot harder. But also, we wouldn't, as a group of companies, be, wouldn't be as successful. So you do need someone like me, I guess, to be the figurehead and to drive forward. But you also need what we call in the army, a good second in command, a good 2IC. And, and Kate is a phenomenal 2IC. So get yourselves a good 2IC. There's, there's my little bonus one.
0: Love it. Love it. Or or as I like to call it, right-hand man or right-hand woman. It's right-hand way. person,
1: I think, is the right political one. But, you know, Kate Kate's just phenomenal. She's, she's really, really good.
0: Very good, love it. Uh, really interesting conversations, and I'm sure we could talk for hours. Listen, As God, <laughs> um, what was going to say? If you're, um, if you'd like to connect with Glenn, you could do so by um, connecting with him. Uh, LinkedIn, probably the best way, is it, mate? For you, just Google
1: Tattoo Tycoon, you'll find me.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll find me regardless. You'll just look for some ugly bull guy. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and there you go. You see, um, or you can come and hang out with you. Can follow Glenn actually on Clubhouse, he is on Clubhouse, Glenn Flashman. And, uh, and sometimes he's available, sometimes he's not available to come and join our rooms. But when he does, I can tell you now, it is so much fun. We have so many we great conversations. We, we do, we, we, we bounce off each other. Um, and, uh, and for those egotistical, um, uh, people that are out there that like to uh, come into our club rooms. Glenn is probably one of the very few, peop- uh, few people that steps up. He gets in there and be- even before I get in there and says, whoa, 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 he's, uh, sunny Jim. That's not how we roll, right? So, And and, and that's what I love about um, uh, Glenn because he, he's always looking out for other people, uh, especially when you've got a great relationship. He's a teddy bear, really, by the way. He's not as fierceful as, you know, some people might. Hey, thank you, he's out today. But listen, i just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, mate. Much appreciated and have a good rest of the day.
0: Very good. Listen, guys, hope to see you uh up on the next show next week, uh 6 p.m. UK time. Uh we'll be back on here, the game changer show, uh, with my good friend, uh Stefan uh, St- Stefan, who is one of our book authors as well. So he's gonna be joining us and looking up from HR perspective. So listen, have a great week, and we'll see you again from England. Thank uh-huh. you.